Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or Stock Twits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Mr. Howard Lindzen, how are you? Are we on? Yeah, of course. Knock, it's been knock. so long. I know. Where have you been? Rosario, where you been? <laughs> That's for my friend Ken. That, that, that joke is an inside of one. He doesn't listen to the podcast. Okay, so great choice then. Thank yeah, you. Playing to our audience with an inside joke from when I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> and the calendar turns and nothing changes at Panic with Friends. Nope. And let me just tell you something, Canoe. There Please. couldn't be a worse name for a show in January of 2021. People are throwing money. I mean, Dave's Barstool Fund raised, I don't know, 20 million. I'm like opening my Coinbase wallet and sending him crypto. And like the world is just, money's just floating around in the ether and Venmo and PayPal and parties are being had. There's rallies going on. Arizona's numbers. Did you see our numbers? I know. We're the best in the world now. We win. Yeah, we win. We We have the most COVID. I mean, if you want COVID, come hang in Arizona. That's our new tagline. We are shooting for the greatest strain of COVID here in Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out, if you have a real nutty leader of your state who really can't even run an ice cream chain. I know people love Deucey here, but I never got it. Um... You go bankrupt running an ice cream chain. I don't know why you're senator. Oh, wait a minute. If you go bankrupt seven times, you can be president. So, do see. <laughs> I mean, you know, I love Phoenix. The weather's been good. You, oh, yeah. You've had a couple scares. I've had a couple scares, but I've been like locked down. Oh. Golf and biking. And I guess golf is risky. Um, but no inside, no restaurants. The numbers here, number one in the They're world. Staggering. Staggering. So either the new strain or the way they're testing, obviously it's not good. Hospitals, what are we hearing? They stretch the limit as far as I can. I imagine. Go. Beyond probably. So I'm two weeks now. I'm going back in the house. I'm going to have to do my part. We have to build a corridor from your house to the No, I'm going to do my part. This is a joke, you know, that we can't get a handle on this, both in delivering vaccines to 80-year-old people and above. There's people arguing about whether the drug works. I go, you're 50. <laughs> Argue all you want. Get the drugs to an 80-year-old who will take that vaccine. Anyways, so that's where we are, January. And so what I was saying is panic. No one's panicked. We were panicked when no one was dying. And now the numbers are staggering and the market's at all-time highs. There's a complete disconnect. complete disconnect. I'm not saying good or bad. Complete disconnect for what made sense to me in March now, which was when we started the show, don't panic, to where we are now saying, I'm not saying panic. I'm just saying what WTF, things are bonkers. And I have a great guest today to just talk about life and running a company, a big public company, a local public company. Okay, it's a local public company. Now, you know who it is, but guess what company. You know, if I were to know it, I can't guess because I know. Oh, but even then, it'd be cool because it's a great company. And yeah, it's right so anyway, yeah, we know them as GoDaddy. It's kind of like, um, who's your daddy? <laughs> Taglines work. You got GoDaddy. Basically, you go there and buy a domain. Right. Yeah. Like, do you own CanuteJensen.com? I believe I do. Okay. Because I want to buy a domain. 
So I have, I have a lot of questions for him because I generally late at night I take an ambient and I just come up with words and I go buy domains and then Tom, who's the accounts under Tom, my partner Poor Tom, man. <laughs> and I'll buy .net, .who, .whobies, .gov, and I'll just buy these domains thinking that we're going to do something with them. And then about a year later, when I get the renewal, I go, "What was I thinking?" <laughs> So this is the guy who profited from idiots like me. And so the domain industry is like, the, I have so many questions about the domain industry. So he's CEO of GoDaddy. Do we even know who it is? Oh, yeah. What's his name? I don't know. I think it's Scott Wagner. So Scott Wagner, thanks, because I forgot, yeah. is uh, was a private equity guy. Didn't found GoDaddy, but they brought him in to do the IPO. Uh, he's lovely. We've had uh, a bunch of chats and... Um, he was the right guy at the right time for that company. It's an incredible Arizona company. I got a million questions. Because it's one of those companies you don't think about it, and it is the internet. And Parsons, Bob Parsons, the founder, crazy, not crazy, bad, just Bob Parsons, military, uh, those crazy commercials at the beginning, uh, oh, yeah. at, at the beginning uh, with the ladies, the Hooters. And um, do you remember his crazy commercials, the Super Bowl he commercials? Did, he did have some crazy ones, Oh, yeah. my God. He invented it. And what a genius company. And today, I don't know, 20 years later, 25-ish years later. So well, anyway, we'll ask Scott these questions. He might be able to answer them. He that might have question. hung up by now. Should yeah. we dial him? All right, let's do that. Scott. Hey, Howard, did, dude. Nice to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. Did I leave any time for you? Do you have to go? <laughs> I love it. Let me go back. We can cover uh, state of the market, valuation, COVID. You got all the topics. I've got all the topics. But and where are you? Are you hunkered down in Cali? I'm in California. Yeah. And did you live in Arizona for any part of that? Was was it Basin in the Valley or was it uh, here still the headquarters? Always in Arizona. Headquartered in Arizona. I would. I had a townhouse in North Scottsdale and was down there four or five days a week for the better part of four or five years. And then as the company grew and kind of expanded around the world, we had people in the Bay Area and up in Seattle too. And so I was you know, in all three spots uh, quite a bit of time. But I spent a lot of time in Arizona. I think the story of how you became CEO is interesting because you were the, the firm you were at was involved in it. So just a quick background on how you become CEO of that company and what the company was like. Because we know it was like a rebel internet company and it's yeah. really one of the most important you know, real estate companies in the world. So, so walk oh. me through how you got aboard. Uh, totally. So this is back to 2011. And I was a partner at a uh, private equity firm, KKR. And go love their cereal. Great cereal. Uh, you can eat it, eat it and snack on it all day long. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's, uh, and so Bob Parsons, the founder of GoDaddy, uh, probably 2010-ish, was thinking, do I take the company public or... Uh, do I look for a partner and sell down some of his stake? Bob founded the company with his own money, owned 100% of the company, uh, and you know, for a bunch of reasons decided at the time, better to take on a couple partners, uh, which were, you know, can, turned out to be KKR, Silver Lake, and TCV. So three private equity firms bought 70% of the company, and Bob kept almost a third. Wow. And in that time, you know, Bob had founded it, running it, doing everything around it. And he stepped back to being you know, an owner of 30% of the company. And as the first couple months started out, boy, a couple things happened. And I ended up as interim CEO uh, just to 
kind of get the company onto its second act, uh, which was, all right, domains had been a super successful first step. And there was a lot more that, you know, the company had as a second act around growing around the world and building out products to build websites. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, I was super fortunate to have the chance to just, you know, step in and then join the company full time. And would you consider it an enterprise company? What, what's the category? Yeah. What is GoDaddy? Uh, you'd call it a prosumer business. It's not enterprise. What GoDaddy did was it let everybody, so you described it in your intro of all your ideas, uh, it let everybody get online. Right? And so it was really bringing what used to be an enterprise service to the masses, which was not only get a domain name, but more important, turn that name and that digital real estate into your online brand and your ideas. And so really it was more of a consumer what we did were not consumer products, but the whole business really did work more like a consumer business than an enterprise. And that was part of the brilliance of Bob, you know, in the early branding was realizing, wait a minute, our customers aren't, you know, big companies that we're selling with sales organizations. Yeah, we got to have a brand and people need to show up at our website and be easy enough to use to get a name and, you know, get you down your journey for whatever you're doing, whether it's a restaurant or a PR firm or, you know, all those crazy ideas that people have. GoDaddy was really the way to get them going. I would say he's the person in Arizona whose name is maybe one of the most famous businessmen in Arizona. And I hear his name a bazillion times. Golf at his golf club. It's like a phantom. I haven't met him. So what's he like in person? And I've heard every side of the stories because I have friends with all the PXG guys that are members at Scottsdale National. And have you played at Scottsdale National? Seven questions quickly there. I, 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 I <laughs> And one of the greatest fantasy lands for a guy that I've ever been at. Fishing's great, for sure. Always, there's nothing like fishing, but golf at Scottsdale National, maybe other than Augusta or Pebble Beach, I don't know how you could top it. Call him one of the best entrepreneurs I think this country has seen over the last 30 years. And, you know, you use the word best. What does it mean? GoDaddy was Bob's, I think it was his third or fourth company. Oh, uh, it, and Bob, you know, Bob was a Vietnam vet sure. uh, who taught himself how to code in the 1970s and ended up building two successful companies before GoDaddy. Did not know one that. of which I think was a leasing business, and the other was tax software that he sold to Intuit in the mid 90s. Wow! And you know, so GoDaddy was his third company, and he is a brilliant, creative, aggressive. Uh, force that is a uh, is a fantastic man, and it's one of those things where GoDaddy, you know, sort of if you're a customer, you love the company. You've sort of heard things around what the company's history has been and around it, but it really is an entrepreneurial story, and it, it fit for the company, right? We were enabling entrepreneurs and people with an idea to get started, and you know, Bob founding it was fitting because the guy really is the consummate American entrepreneur. Consummate. Like the attention to detail and anyways, I got a million questions for you. So brilliant, but you know, brilliant man. Like if you haven't met him, you're, you're going to want to. I'm so scared of him. (laughs) He knows that I exist. Bob also likes, uh, he probably likes that too, but he's a fantastic, generous, wonderful, uh, wonderful man. Yeah, there's there's nine-ish members local and you've met one of them, my friend, um, Doug. And you got to be careful. You got, he keeps you on your guard is what I can tell. It's, it's 
Uh-huh. I just think it's like Larry David meets tough guy meets incredible entrepreneur meets artiste meets vision. I mean, I got I'm, but I'm scared of him. I don't think I'm ready to meet him. And, and that's the way I'm going to leave it. So I'm as close as I can get to him through you. Did he step out right away or was it hard? Like, how did it work when you first came in? Was, it, was he the boss still in many ways? No, he did. That was, that was the, I, I think that was part of the transition. And that's what Bob wanted to do, uh, which was to step back and I think start to do some other things. And one of those, some other things turned into PXG, the big golf club company. Uh, but Bob was certainly active. Uh, you'd call him an active board member because the company was private for a while, right? With Bob and then the three private equity firms in it. And so it was really a, you know, transition where, you know, new teams, people came in uh, and really the effort was, boy, like, try to just get to some of the stuff that the company hadn't done before. So GoDaddy had one domains, but the couple things that, um, you know, were, were still out there was taking the company around the world uh, out of the 8 million customers the company had when I joined in 2011, 7 million were in the United States and 1 million were outside. And today, these numbers are rough, but I think the company has about 20 million customers and it's something like 12 million in the US and 8 million outside. So there was a big opportunity to take the company international and then also add products beyond domain names that you know help you turn that name into something like website builders and email and email marketing, just all the things that you want to do after you get a domain name to turn that name into something that reflects your online presence. And so those were really the two big things that, you know, the company went after for, yeah, frankly, from 2011 forward. If I could have been corp dev there under your, and you would have fired me. So let's assume that I had some skills and you just liked me because, you know, I'm charming. The amount of corp dev possibilities at GoDaddy with their revenue and where they sat at the intersection of real estate, onboarding, the internet is endless. So how do you decide from buying Wix or, or Shopify or like, there's endless possibilities when you are the on-ramp to a domain name. How do you not get second guess to death forever, which I want to do? Yeah, I think you want to do it. I think, you know, in quiet moments at night, I'm probably second guessing myself too, which is, you know, there's a number of things that we did do that were great. And then as you just lay it out, boy, you can envision all sorts of other things that could have happened. So what do you do first? Most importantly, I think if you're thinking about any kind of corp dev as a business, and this is generic beyond GoDaddy, but really thinking hard around is it making your product and your customer experience better? Right? There's a lot of things that you can't really when companies get a little bit of size and heft, and they might even make a buck uh, and you know, bump a stock price a little bit. But really, it's what, what are you trying to do from your product and overall customer experience? And for us, then it said, all right, beyond a domain name, there's a couple of things that you do with a domain name. You build a website. And you connect it to, you know, way back in 2011, but connect it to a site and you connect it to an email address. And now over the last, you know, eight to 10 years, a site has turned into social presence, which is content syndicated in a bunch of different places. And email has turned into different communication channels. But Correct. really what we did was try to follow what, what are the things that somebody's doing with a domain name. And it led us to buying a number of companies, particularly around not just site building and presence, 
but how content gets syndicated into different social media channels. Uh, and then you mentioned, you know, a company like Wix or Shopify. And this is where, you know, you could, if you designed a combination of things, take Shopify, for example, because Shopify is, what's Shopify's market cap right now? 120 billion? Yeah. yeah, 120. I mean, just uh, God bless them. Crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, boy, you know, what, you, you mentioned it of, gosh, could you have, you know, combined with Shopify? Uh, for the world, you know, if you just snapped your fingers and said, I'm going to push these two things together, there probably would have been a ton of value there. But you know what? You know, Shopify like all, was growing like crazy and went public and, you know, has this enormous valuation and, you know, kind of never got a chance to do it. Yeah, which gets me to these rare. So, so I've come full circle. And this is why I'm so interested to pick your brain and we don't have to talk about buy sell, but I look at the stock. I want to buy the stock, $13.7 billion. To me, I look at, in a world that we live in, a macro world, and you don't know much about me and how I think about the world, but I'm like, oh my God, I get Shopify. Maybe it can be a trillion. But I look at like Zillow at 15 or $20 billion now and, and, and GoDaddy at $13 billion, and I go, these are the rarest. I don't know what they're worth. I, I don't even want to get into the metrics. But that is one of the most rare digital assets that you could buy. And it just feels to me that GoDaddy could be a $50 billion valuation. And so what, when did you leave? Uh, I left a little over a year ago. Uh, so it was an eight-year run at the company. But I, I stepped back a little over a year ago. And what was when you took a pub? Was it a billion? Uh, when we went public, the valuation was uh, about $4 billion. So it's still uh, a great so run. It's about a $4 billion market cap. Yeah. Uh, well, and then when I left, it was about where it is now. Yeah. So it was about a $13 billion company. So, you know, right, four to 13. Good, but yeah, I would have loved your 50. <laughs> well, I'm saying like, you know, the world is enamored with platforms and the world is enamored with the word network. So I think it's more, as great as Bob is at branding. And again, you just tell me how to leave it alone. Don't Don't bug me, but I'm just trying to, as just an entrepreneur myself trying to, it's easier for me to be an armchair quarterback than to run my own business, just ask stock twits. Um, so I don't mean anything by this, but I look at that and I go, in a world of rare digital assets with their recurring revenue, um, and maybe the world got too far away of it, meaning you can't. Why compete with Shopify? Why compete with Wix? Why compete with WordPress? And, and with your market cap only being $13 billion, how do you play the catch up once these things become $100 billion? That's the interesting thing. Yeah, uh, I think that's right. Well, I think if you look now, so it's interesting, if you wanted to go build a website with a shopping cart behind it, so what Wix or Shopify does, I'd put the GoDaddy experience up against both of them. It's amazing. And in 2011 or 12, however, we were really starting from a standing, it, it was close to a standing start. Uh, and it's uh, the business and size of, of that category within the company is probably bigger than the market still gives it credit for. And so back to what's perception, how's the company evolving? You know, it's even how you started on domain names, you know, God bless names, but, but the company has 22% of the world's names, right? 22% of the world's are under the GoDaddy uh, umbrella. They are. Wow. And those names are connected you know, in Internet 1.0, it was a variety of hosted websites, right, where you'd you know, have a WordPress site or somebody would custom code it and we'd host it, which is being the back end. But it gets really special 
when you're the name on the front end and you're the platform, like you said, where somebody's going every day saying, wow, my, my physical presence is GoDaddy. Uh, I'd say the capability of the company right now and the size of GoDaddy's website building and commerce business is probably the most underappreciated asset. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, it's masked probably a little bit with a company that still has some of this hosting revenue and, you know, for the better or worse domains uh, aren't the most growthful industry in the world. Uh, but they're not going anywhere. And it's still the starting point for everybody's idea. And, you know, I don't think the open internet is going to go anywhere anytime soon. So it's a special business that I still think is appreciated by public investors, but it's probably, um, it's not in a world where everybody's enamored with growth. (laughs) You know, a rule of 40 company that has, teens revenue growth and cash flow at that size sometimes can get lost in the shuffle, but Hey, that's where the opportunity is. That's I'm so bullish. So, so I, I would just repackage it as a rare digital asset. I mean, 22%. I mean, that's gotta be on the homepage. I'll go look at the homepage. I'm going to give some free, I'm just going to give me the new CEO's email so I can bug him just with about 300 emails tonight. Yeah, we'll do it. I won't say you gave me his number. <laughs> no, he's, he's a super guy. Yeah, his name's Amon Bhutani. He's a super guy. I send all my free mails under my father-in-law's name. So there's a lot of people who dislike my father-in-law and he doesn't know why. <laughs> the um, So I think it's just one of the rarest digital assets. So it was a treat when I got introduced here to pick your brain. Now, the and this is one of the only the, the second time. So who's second to twenty two percent? And is it an eighty twenty thing where it's very long tail, or is there a few other big players in the U.S.? No, it's it's GoDaddy and nobody else. Wow. So the stat that we would uh, we took pride in and threw around is GoDaddy was bigger than the next I think eight companies combined mm-hmm. in terms of domain being a registrar for names. So GoDaddy really is the global marketplace for names outside of China, which, you know, China obviously being a different, in some ways, almost a different internet ecosystem than the rest of the world. So uh, GoDaddy has a little presence in China, but Alibaba is biggest in China. You should bundle it with marijuana because no one, ha- no one buys more domains or pizza than people who smoke marijuana. So that's a freebie, but I'll, I'll send that to the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> so see, Knut, like I'm killing it. The, uh, it's all about ideas. It does create a lot of ideas. It creates boom. a lot of ideas. Yeah. What do you mean? Ba-dum-boom. That's as serious as I get. That was fucking gold. So at 22%, 99.9%, maybe I'm off by a, a, a percent, come to super excited, click, 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 type, type, type. My son will spell it wrong, so I don't know what happens there. You come for a domain, and it's not available. That seems to be the opportunity. And is that what you guys thought about the most? Yeah, it is within domains. One of the things that we really pushed hard was letting you create an easy way to get a name that's already held, right? Which, you know, in the industry, it's called the secondary market or the aftermarket. But yep. really, it's a name that if you've got Newt Jensen, right? NewtJensen.com. No one wants and that name, by the way. He's selling it. <laughs> I don't know. It's big in Norway. It's it is big, big in Norway. You know, and all it needs is one person, right? So, <laughs> uh, And having an easy way to put a price on the name yep. and actually transact on the site is what we built. So if you went on to GoDaddy and, or owned a name, now you're, you see an experience where you can put a price on your name 
with indications of what other names, uh, what prices they went for. So other names with Jensen as a surname, right? It's using AI to actually value the price bands of what a name should go at and giving you examples of comps and you can put prices on and see it online. So, and it's not every name in the world has a price, uh, but the vision was, boy, every single name should always be available. Uh, it's just, if you already hold one, it's going to you know, be what you're willing to sell it for. And that's been a really successful thing that the company, again, probably hasn't gotten a ton of PR and we haven't made it an enormous external thing. It's just about making the experience better. And it's been a huge success from a business standpoint. And like any, most things, it's been great from a customer standpoint as well. In a global macro money printing world, that is the $50 billion idea, the secondary yeah, market. You know, but, you know, it, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the CEO. Don't worry. Keep, Leon well, Seitzer will be emailing. Uh, so, so it's out there. Tell everybody, here's, here's the, one, uh, the one thing for even public investors around it is really just appreciating what that can be. Oh, I'm so bullish. <laughs> and having everybody put a price on the name, right? Correct. The names that you have, it just, and it's as easy as going into the control panel and putting a price on it. Yeah, no, I can see a world where Robinhood is just, you should be able to buy everything from a wallet, right? Like, it's, you know what I'm saying? 100%. And that's the reason that the company over the last, you know, really since its time as a public company, you know, new domain sales, so new domain units uh-huh. kind of grow only 2 to 3% a year. Like Got it's it. not a fast growing new yeah. market. Correct. But all of these secondary sales are what's really allowed GoDaddy to grow domains much, much faster than that as a public company. And yeah, it's uh, you're, you're totally, you're totally on it. Uh, so, and that'll have runway because yeah. So tell me how the secondary market are. Cause I have a couple of friends who are younger in their thirties. If sons of my friends and like real, you know, the, their parents were real estate people and these kids are digital real estate people, meaning they're buying and selling domains. Humongous. Like I've heard, I've been to the trade show in Vegas and uh, it was bonkers. And I'm not a real estate guy, but I can see myself being a digital real estate guy because obviously I invest, you know, I trade and I invest and why shouldn't you be able to trade names? So is there any way to control that secondary market? Or it's just the wild west. Well, it used to be the wild west and uh, a company has been trying to not make it, uh, trying to settle the west, if you will. So for the first, I don't know, 15 years of the internet, there was a whole bunch of squatters. So these guys would go and put together portfolios of hundreds of thousands of names and they'd just sit. And if you wanted a name, you typically had to work through a broker who would call back and forth and it was all a one-off negotiation. It just felt bad. Like you said, I think you said it in your initial comments. It, it didn't feel like there was a clean transaction, like you were buying a stock or something else. It was uh, kind of this person-to-person thing that felt like you were in a back alley a little bit. And so what we were trying to do is get as much names with a price as possible and also show what like names. So number of characters, was it a .com? Is it a name? Is it a proper noun? Is it a verb? And you can match and create comparables for what the right price should be. And when you put all that stuff on the site and have more names have a price range, then it you know creates more transparency and it makes it easier to create a market around it. Fascinating. And so... What do you miss the most? And, and how did you pick successor? Uh, uh, what do I miss the most? I loved, uh, I loved a couple things. I actually really loved who the customers of GoDaddy were. Uh, you know, I grew up in a small town outside of Chicago. And whenever I would go back and visit relatives, I'd go walk down this little downtown area, you know, a town with 20,000 people in it. 
And there were six or seven businesses that had built themselves up on GoDaddy. And they loved it. It had new things. I could actually go in there and say, oh, gosh, well, have you tried this? And it really made a difference with people. And so think about that experience across 20 million customers. I just really loved what the company did and really who it served. Uh, and the second thing was the people. The people at the company are fantastic. It's a hard-charging place that people love, uh, not only GoDaddy, but most importantly, if there's a situation or you're trying to get something done, it, it's a place that people don't sit there and kind of throw throw things at each other from the back of the room. They just say, hey, let's, let's go get it done. Who's doing it? Let's get it done fast. And the speed and purpose of the place uh, with the people there are what I miss as well. Yeah, if you're not a professional today, and by professional, I mean accountant, lawyer, doctor, you are an engineer, an operator, a salesman, a designer, or an investor. You're an operator, and the world is short on operators. So, what will it? So, are you actively on the bench, or are you yeah. hanging them up? I mean, there's just a global shortage of operators, and I know this because I'm an investor. So, what are you waiting for? What's the pitch? You know, I'm. Uh, this was an awesome. Uh, GoDaddy was fantastic. I expect that will probably be certainly the most rewarding thing professionally that uh, I ever do. It, hopefully, maybe there'll be other things that are rewarding in different ways. But just you know, that journey was phenomenal. I've got three young teenage kids, and the last year's been really important to be able to kind of reset some of that. Uh, and as I fill my emotional tank, uh, I think something else uh, that's got the characteristics of 2011, where, you know, GoDaddy was a really special company that you had to look beyond conventional wisdom to kind of really appreciate it. And there were a number of things that you could do with it. And so that building aspect, particularly that might be a little against conventional wisdom, is what I really, frankly, personally love. And it'll probably be something with those characteristics that would, you know, kind of get me back into it full time. But, you know, something like this is always a 24-7, 365 to do, you know, any sort of leadership role, right? It's got to be not just priority one, but it's got to be priorities really one, two, and probably three also. Uh, and, you know, you go through different stages of life when you're totally able and willing to do that. And then sometimes there's not. And so I'm sure there's going to be a situation in my life where uh, commitment and ability to kind of do that will be there again. And, you know, then I'll dial it up. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sending you a contract for a three spec deal. <laughs> do you think there'll be contracts like that? Like now that I know you, I'm like, all right, we got to book them. Like CAA of operators for SPACs. How far ahead am oh, I? How far ahead uh, am I? I think finding here, here's the interesting thing of finding a company that does something well, right? Like has a, has a real value, but then there's more you can do with it and not in a, arm wavy, you know, HBO, Silicon Valley TV show, like crazy vision, like insane way, but in a real purposeful way, that stuff's fun. And it just is, it's rewarding. It's fun. It's fun to build something on a journey and bring people along with it. And so, yeah, you know, I hope and think that there's always 
you know, going to be situations like that and a way to, you know, find some interesting ones. And it's been nice for me, you know, over the last year to even think about some other things just because for my GoDaddy time, like it really was all that I ever looked at or thought about in the space that we operate. And it's kind of nice to pull your head up and look at some other things too. Well, I am, uh, I'm a fan. The Social Leverage 3 SPAC operating deal, we'll have the contract to you uh, shortly. Just sign. Don't even read it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we'll come up with a better name than SPAC, by the way, too. Well, what do you think about your case? I mean, there's nobody more perfect to comment on SPACs and someone that did KKR. So you've seen the guts, the glory, the mess, the fights, the cap table messes, the, the, the turnarounds, and then you've run a machine. SPACs are pretty interesting. They are. And here's, you know, what, what is a SPAC? It's a different way of going public, right? And so, and it's a different way of going public that gives more certainty to a company. It's faster timing. And it doesn't necessarily put the company uh, at the whims of an IPO process that sometimes has pretty big peak and troughs in terms of its availability. So really a SPAC is kind of competition around a traditional IPO process, like, you know, direct listings, which are just starting out. Yep. I do think, you know, the interesting over the last year with all the explosions in SPACs, the one thing that some, I think, people who have run off along SPAC land are kind of missing as a first principle, uh, and this isn't everybody, but there's certainly a, a portion of it is, is being public the right answer for the company at that time. And I think that's the lens to put on, you know, whether it's going public or via traditional process or SPAC or something else is, is that the right answer for the company, not just in that moment, but for the next three to five years? Because presumably, if you want to build a great company, a great business, that should be the question that you're trying to answer. Correct. Um, And I think uh, several you know, people around, and I know because you and I were talking about a bunch that you believe in that philosophy, which is, gosh, let's go build a great company over time. Uh, I do not believe that that's a hundred percent. That might be what everybody says, but that's not the philosophy on how several SPACs, I think, have kind of gone about how they're thinking about it. But like everything, you know, it'll, it'll work itself through and they're going to be here for a long, long time. I think it's a valuable check on the traditional IPO process. Well, I could ask a thousand smart people and that's the right answer. Like I'd get that a lot, but that's the right answer. It's not for everybody. I think we went through this period and this is why we're seeing the hype is there not enough public companies, period, end of story. Yeah. And now that's we'll right. now we'll see companies that what the hell were they thinking going public? Or why did that bank do that deal? And you know, there'll be tricksters and hucksters and fake things, but we were in such an undersupply of great public companies in a world that has so many 50 to $100 million recurring revenue businesses that should be public. It's funny. I don't, I, I, so I think that's right on the 50 to $100 million recurring revenue businesses that really should be public, right? Right. Uh, it's fascinating though on the dearth of public companies because that's right too, but how public investors allocate capital is so skewed to growth now. And, you know, it's logical given interest rates are where they are and kind of disruption around it. But just the fact that uh, the public markets, particularly for the last, I'd say, three years, not to mention the last nine months, have been 
so overwhelmingly skewed towards a sliver of growth. Um, you know, just interesting. Uh, feels like there's windows even with public companies that are out there that you know may have been out for a while and then they seem underappreciated. <laughs> well, that's where it's I'm saying, like, I'm playing market cap contextual bingo, right? It's like, I try and explain to people, it's like, I get Shopify 100 billion, and you don't blame people for buying massive growth, right? Massive risk, but massive growth. I get it. But then I look at 13 billion and I go, okay, two, you're saying 2% growth, but there's thousands of percent of growth in the secondary markets. And the brand is a delight. No one goes to GoDaddy and go, they fuck me. No one, it's like me. I'm ready to pick it outside my Verizon store. No one's ever done that to GoDaddy. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm starting, no, no. Um, you know, there's going to be a period where all these Robin Hooders and all the people like me, even old timers like us, are sit around and go, relative value, you know? Yeah, 100%. Uh, and, you know, there'll be a bunch of five to $20 billion market cap companies that, you know, are growing 10 to 15% a year and are going to be particularly attractive. Yes, I'm excited about that time. Now, are you on any boards or are you just completely out of the game right now? Uh, I, I'm about to join one or two private ones. Breaking uh, news, breaking news. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> probably not, uh, you know, it's probably not going to move any uh, huge amounts, but it's stuff that's similar. You know, there's similarity, obviously, the GoDaddy story at this point, you know, these subscription multi-product businesses that are lifetime value to cost of acquisition, you know, that have a life cycle model. This is really what I have a PhD in for business. and For sure. And I think I introduced you to one in San Diego, right? Uh, you did. Okay. But anyway, so yeah, you have uh, such so value a couple, to get. A, a couple like that. And it's been enjoyable, I will say, because uh, having been around long enough now where it, it is actually rewarding to, you know, you go into a couple of situations where people are trying to build a business, which is really freaking hard. Um, and be able to help them out on a couple of things. You know, how to think about marketing, how do you add a couple of different products and how to think about it. Anyway, it's the stuff that we wrestled through at GoDaddy and didn't always get it right, but it's helpful to, some, to pass it along to, you know, people are going through it right now. All right, two more questions. First question is, you got three kids. Um, can you spot an operator? <laughs> Can you make an operator? Do you got a little tiger dad going on there? Where? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, oh boy. Because if I draft you, I'd like to look through the farm system to the kids. You know, Has anybody got Dan, potential? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, kids, they're all different. They're, they're, they're awesome and all three are totally different. Uh, my daughter and one of my sons, my daughter gets after it. So my daughter actually is the, she's the kid who asks about business, right, is interested in it tries to figure out why something's more valuable or not. And she's in eighth grade. So sometimes her logic like breaks apart. Uh, but she's the kid who's got the gear, right? You got to have a drive and a gear for it. And she's definitely got the, the fire in the belly and the gear. And then I've got a super creative engineer who's, you know, building a PC and installing software around it. And he's the builder. So he's probably the kid who's going to actually create something on his own. Now, do you, I don't know if you knew this, but they got my number and said, can you please get dad out of the house? So that's why I've been pushing you. So hard. <laughs> I think that's right. It was great for nine months. And then all of a sudden, one day it sort of flipped. It's like, what are you, what are you doing around here? Yeah. Just a message from your kids. Stop being selfish, dad. <laughs> get <laughs> exactly. on the road. Get out of here. That's my wife underneath it. And if you could uh, have lunch with another great operator, who would it be? You got one lunch anywhere in the world. It's a good question. That's my job. I have no other job. Yeah. So I would, 
if you would have asked me that two years ago, I'd say Bezos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bezos, his schedule's gotten a little more varied recently, so I'm not sure uh, Jeff at the time, but I still think Bezos is a fascinating, just how and what he's built at Amazon. Bezos is the name that's popping to mind. I like that answer. And well, I appreciate your time. I can't wait to work on something together. I'll just keep pitching ideas. Please do. A lot seem to be bouncing lately. So I'm just going to take that as the as maybe maybe the internet. Or did you change your each address on me? Uh, no, my, my, it's, it's, I, I got a couple of the addresses out there. <laughs> Some people give me their address and reroute it. It's like the old phone number trick. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure. Uh, thanks for taking the time. And uh, I would love to do something together. It's awesome to, you know, spend time with creative, smart people with a range of interests and hell of a lot of abilities. So it'd be great. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks, ma'am. Thank Talk you. to you soon. Take care, guys. Bye. Cheers. There you have it rare fine you know like i said operators don't talk to me generally but i think i i think i had, did good on that one i let <laughs> you, him talk you, and yeah. i'm like super interested yeah, in that you, company. you let him actually talk i i, I think you why should that. i'm smarter than him obviously who has the podcast oh oh yeah 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 right, right. yeah he's at home with his kids that's not such a great thing <laughs> <laughs> i'm free i can do another podcast right now <laughs> all right you're on you're on uh maybe get why didn't i ask godaddy to sponsor this goddamn podcast make some money damn all right that's next, next call sweet all right canute thanks for producing this at a you're low welcome. low uh, at a loss because you're not asking us to get a uh, sponsor we had a ho- we had a ceo on the phone damn. he could have just made one phone call 20 grand well no i don't have his real address so everything bounces when i send it to him don't worry, i've been I sending him a lot of bad ideas so uh but anyways, if you do get an email from Leon Zeitzer with a good idea, that's really me. That's my father-in-law. <laughs> there are so many things that he's signed up for. Dark web, good web. Who's, Leon Zeitzer's yeah. on a lot of lists. He go, he's the guy who signs into a lot of And he's going into space next year and he doesn't know it yet, right? Oh, yeah. He's on, he's on, he's, he's on Virgin Galactic. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes I, I just see the look on his face and I know there's a lot of spam coming into his inbox. <laughs> I, a lot of times we'll be at dinner. I go, I'll just bring up the subject of spam just to see if he mentions it. Cause he's got to be on so many lists. <laughs> Anyways, for another day, I'd love to have him on the show. We'll talk about a spam. But you'd have to interview him and just see if we could get him to say stuff about me. He's very quiet about me. <laughs> So uh, Panic with Friends, we talked to investors, uh, entrepreneurs, and case like today, great operator. Um, we are in uh, miracle times. Panic in March, euphoria in January, uh, disconnects everywhere. Um, we're just trying to stay inches ahead of the curve here, make a few bucks, and uh, learn about investing. You can go to Spotify, Apple, Google, subscribe. We're doing one a week this year. We're not doing two a week. We're going scarcity model, and um, one a week's enough. We figured that's the feedback we got, and uh, not from the, our listener, the one listener, but that was the feedback from uh, me. So please subscribe, and uh, hit me up if you have ideas for the guests for the show. Canute, great job. Happy New Year. Thank you. Same to you, sir. Thanks for StockTwits for uh, distributing and producing, and we'll see everybody soon.